Today on the show, we're going to be talking about why the people who have the biggest advantages when trying to buy a business are people who already own one. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Deal Making, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. So uh, I mentioned before that back in June, I was up in Toronto at something called the SMB Social, uh, and I was talking with a lot of different uh, people who are interested in doing business acquisition there in the crowd. And um, one of the things that I mentioned during my talk there was just about some of the advantages that business buyers have when they already happen to be business owners. And I know from the audience survey that I did that that several hundred of you participated in, thank you very much, um, is that many of you who are interested in business acquisition are already business owners. And so today I wanted to, to go through and highlight all of the different reasons why business owners are so much more advantaged over non-owners when it comes to doing an acquisition, actually getting a deal done. And so I think that the easiest way to illustrate this is just to have a conversation by talking about the different stakeholders and the different timelines. Uh, and I'll interject a little bit with some of my own experiences in, in going through this. But the very first thing is that there are usually two different kinds of people that are trying to buy a business um, who are not business owners. So they're either people who have some kind of employment or job that they want to leave through buying a business. And they're doing this part-time search where they're, you know, looking at online websites that marketplaces for businesses, and maybe they're doing some direct outreach. Um, and they're, those people are trying to be very careful because they don't want to rock the boat with their job because they might be afraid that if their employer finds out they're looking to buy a business, that their job could be in jeopardy. Right? So those people are, are trying to be careful, trying to find the opportunity and then put a deal together so that they can secure that new business and then leave their job, okay? That's one kind of searcher, which describes many of you because I've gotten emails about that. Um, and then there are the people who say, I'm gonna go full speed into a full-time search, right? And so those people have, I would assume, some amount of money to live off of, uh, maybe they're trying to, maybe they've been successful in raising money to do a, a search fund the way it's described in that Harvard Business Review book. Um, and so they're working full time. Both of those people um, are trying to find a business. The person that doesn't have an income has a predefined runway of time in which they need to find a business. The person who is keeping their job they have certain risks in that search because they don't want to be too vocal about the search because, of course, they don't want their boss to find out, perhaps, right? And so the person who has a predetermined timeline, the, the person with no income, they've got to find a deal within a certain amount of time. The other person has to keep it quiet. Someone who already owns a business that wants to buy a business, neither of those two sets of concerns applies to them. 
They uh, presumably have a profitable operating business today. So they have unlimited runway. They can earn money uh, and they don't have a boss to upset. So they can be as vocal as they want about their desire to go and acquire other businesses, right? So, so visibility and the ability, to, and we've you know seen in this online world of people talking about small and medium-sized business acquisition, we've seen business owners talk about their acquisition, then talk about how they want to buy more businesses, right? Like they can get out there and they can start to create a PR strategy with respect to business acquisition that you know, the person with a job cannot do. And the person who is a full-time searcher, um, you know, they can do everything they can, but they've got to do a deal within a certain time frame. The business owner has the luxury of unlimited time, right? So, so that would be the first thing. The search can be different and the way that the search is conducted is different. And the pressures and stresses that apply to the acquirer are different when you already own a business. When it comes to talking to sellers, Big different, big advantage that a business owner has is that the business owner is able to come across in a more um, I'm like you kind of way because the two people share something really big in common, which is that they're business owners already, right? So the buyer has a lot of commonality with the seller um, and the buyer can basically ask the seller to believe in them to a greater degree because the buyer has the option of actually demonstrating their capability through showing the results of their business. Uh, and I've worked with people before who've gone to meet with sellers and have brought the financial statements of their own business with them to show the seller saying like, here's the business I run today and this is how I do with it, right? People who don't already own a business can't do that. What do they have to do? They have to rely on talking about their work experience, which work experience is not the same as running a business, right? Everyone knows that. Um, or worse, they have to try to highlight their educational background um, and, and hope that the business owner is able to see how that translates into a successful operation, especially if the buyer is trying to convince the seller to hold a material amount of seller financing, right? In fact, I can tell you anecdotally that people that own businesses al already are able to get higher degrees of seller financing. I've seen it time and again uh, versus people who are coming into the world of business ownership as a newbie um, asking the seller to finance a big chunk of the business. Like those sellers are much more um, concerned, much more wary of that kind of deal because they see it as being more risky. Whereas the person who already owns a business has a demonstrated track record of success in business, hopefully, right? So that then brings me, if we're talking about borrowing money, it brings me to bankers. So again, when it comes to bankers, when you want to borrow money to buy a business, the bank is going to want to make sure that you are qualified, that you have experience, that you're capable in, in running a business, right? It's one of their big areas of concern. So if you already own a business, especially if it's in the same industry as the one you're buying, all those questions just disappear, right? Because the bank can see that you already know how to run that kind of business. So it's very easy. Um, other advisors, lawyers and accountants. So, you know, lawyers and accountants have a lot of experience working with searchers who initiate deals by making LOIs and, and getting into due diligence. Uh, and then the deal falls apart. Like we know that a large percentage of deals fall apart. 
I've heard people on podcasts and things talk about very high rates of failure. Um, you know, saying things like half or one third of LOIs end up happening, closing into a deal. Um, and I would concur from my own experience that somewhere around there is, is pretty accurate. And so what does that mean from these advisors? Well, if you are a new searcher and you don't own a business and you've never done this before, it can be harder to get those advisors to parcel out the time and attention to work on your file the way it should be worked on, right? Um, they may be distracted by other people. Who are they distracted by? Um, the business owners who are already doing work with them and who are already regular clients of theirs. So if you own a business, you're going to need a lawyer from time to time. You're going to need the services of an accountant. So you're going to have one of these professionals that you're already working with and you're going to be giving them business. So that relationship already exists and it's a pretty strong relationship. So when the business owner decides to go buy another business, they're able to command better and more ready attention from those service providers to get things done in a timely way to do business, right? Um, employees. So, uh, and, and to get back to bankers, uh, another huge advantage that business owners have, I'm sorry I didn't mention this earlier, um, over people who are not business owners is that someone who already owns a business, if they format the acquisition correctly, they can use the equity built up in the balance sheet of their first business to be the down payment, basically, of the acquisition. So I've got clients that I work with who have built up or bought businesses um, that have very strong balance sheets. So either they didn't have a lot of debt or they paid down debts that they had. And then when they went to make another acquisition, particularly in the same industry, the banker looked at it as an expansion of the first business versus an acquisition. And so when they look at it as an expansion, they can basically take the combined closing balance sheet of both entities. They can say, what will this look like after the deal is done between the two entities? And if there's enough equity in the first business, um, they could advance 100% of the acquisition financing and still end up with a post-transaction balance sheet that meets their debt to equity ratio requirements. And so people who are already in business can have much greater access to leverage when doing these deals. In fact, examples of that are one of the things that uh, these zero down gurus like to point out as an example of how you can buy a business with no money. But what they fail to do is explain that it's the equity in the first business that allows that to happen. Uh, what those guys like to do is show these examples and say, you can do it too. But unless you're a business owner with a really strong balance sheet, you can't quite pull it off. So um, employees. So when you buy a business, um, the people that work in that business, um, they may be surprised to learn the business has been sold, right? Or when you're going to buy a business, if the seller is the person who operates the day-to-day -day of the business, um, a lot of people will say, I need to hire an operator when I'm going to be buying this business, right? Well, if you already own a business, that means you've already got employees. You could have a lineup of potential managers for the new acquisition within the roster of your existing business, right? So, so what it means is that when you buy that other business, you're not just relying upon the talent pool of the employees that are in that business, the people you don't really know yet, right? 
um, you're not relying entirely on them. You can draw upon the resources of your first business to, you know, maybe move some people over into the new business, right? And and so it just gives you a lot more options as far as how you're going to manage and, and uh, maneuver uh, post-transaction. So I wanted to highlight all that. And the reason why is this, is that if you are a person who is not in business today, I would say that one of the one of the biggest, most important things that I would say to you is in order to have long-term success in doing acquisitions and, and growing businesses, um, you can totally change the playing field for yourself by being in business, okay? So there's a couple of ways to get into business. Number one, you start a business, which is not something I generally recommend because startups are so risky. The second thing is that you do a deal, right? And a lot of people will talk about how you need a certain minimum size of business in order for it to make sense to do an acquisition. I am on record for saying that smaller businesses have their advantages too, namely that there is less competition for them, that the multiples of pricing is lower, et cetera, et cetera. So even if a business is not big enough for all the aspirations of everything you want to do, if it's something that you can be qualified and competent to operate, and if you have the resources to do the deal, it might make sense to buy a business that is not quite what you're looking for so that you can build its balance sheet, grow it organically a little bit, and then change the playing field with all of the advantages that I mentioned here today. You know, all of the different advantages with sellers, bankers, lawyers, accountants, advantages with employees, et cetera. So do the deal. I, I guess the the other way to do this, which would be much more difficult to pull off, but I have seen people do it, is to keep your job, get into some kind of side hustle where you can build a little side hustle business and build it up into something that's measurable and, and material in size. And then that will make you a business owner too. Uh, it's just harder to pull off from the sidelines if you're going to work every day at a nine to five. Um, if you're like a firefighter or something, that can make it a lot easier. I know a lot of firefighters who have done very successful side hustles because of course the time that they're working is not exactly overlapping with business hours. Anyway, hope you find that helpful. Um, if you're looking for help on how to actually get out and buy a business in a risk reduced way, uh, that makes sense. And to understand how these deals really happen, uh, day in, day out, then you should hand over to businessbuyeradvantage.com where you can learn about my online training, my group coaching program, and my one-on-one -on -one consulting where I help work with people like you that are interested in buying a business, whether you're a business owner today or not. Uh, I work with all kinds of people all around the world who want help with buying a business and businessbuyeradvantage.com is where you can find out more about that. And with that, I'll say see you later and uh, we'll send you out with a message from today's video sponsor. Special thanks go to today's video sponsor, Mark Willis of Lake Growth Financial. Mark helps people better manage their personal wealth and business finances through the bank on yourself insurance strategy. This is something I've done personally and I've gotten lots of positive feedback from people I've worked with over the years. Go to newbankingsolution.com to find a playlist of all the interviews I've done with Mark and to learn more about the advantages of these programs. While there, sign up to arrange a conversation about what this solution might look like for you.
I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site at davidcbarnett.com. You'll find hundreds of articles and videos all for free. You'll find links to my books and online courses, and you can sign up for my email list and get emails covering topics that interest you and be notified of new videos.